you can choose to say yes or no to anything you want. But you are going to have consequences for those choices. And oh my goodness, think of the consequences to saying no. And all of the possibilities that you have because you said no. Think of all the things that you can say yes to now, whether it be sleeping in in, on a Saturday morning or spending time at the park or at the library or just watching some Netflix with the kiddos at home, doing nothing. That is when you know you have taken your power back. And I promise you, the more you say no in whatever you choose is the best way for you, the easier it will become. Hey there, I'm Amber Harper, former burned out teacher turned teacher burnout coach, dedicated to helping other teachers like you to grow through your burnout and take your next best steps toward what you want from your career in education and in life. After an embarrassing emotional breakdown in front of my teacher besties, I knew something needed to change and that something was me. I decided that I wasn't going to settle for burnout as my sentence as a teacher, mom, wife, or friend. And I knew it was going to take way more than practicing conventional self-care to make the progress I wanted to make. No amount of manicures, bottles of wine, or bubble baths was going to save this girl. Fast forward to a few years later, and I've used everything I've learned about teacher burnout and personal development to write a book, build a course, and lead a community of burned-in teachers who refuse to settle for a life of burnout as their forever reality. I've used my burnout as an opportunity to become an active participant in my life, in the classroom, and here on the mic, using all that I've learned to teach kids and serve teachers. And you can do the same. The Burned In Teacher Podcast is one part burnout and all other parts action, inspiration, and support to help you grow through your burnout and live a happier, more fulfilled career and life. So take a deep breath, my friend, because you are about to take your next best step to becoming a Burned In Teacher. Let's dive in. This episode of the Burned In Teacher Podcast is sponsored by How to Get Away with Teaching, a self-care subscription box created by a teacher just for teachers like you who want to give yourself permission to pause and pour into your own cup, maybe even literally. How to Get Away with Teaching is a subscription box-based company that empowers teachers to prioritize their own mental health and wellness. Curated in collaboration with mental health professionals, this monthly subscription includes five to seven mood-boosting goodies to enhance your wellness routine, improve your mental health, and make time for yourself. With your subscription, you will also gain access to workbooks, live recordings, other resources, and even access to their private Facebook community. Sign up today at www.howtogetawaywithteaching.com and grab a past box or subscribe to their monthly themed box. You can also find them on Facebook and Instagram at How to Get Away with Teaching. Burn on. Hey there, Burned In Teachers. Welcome into episode 143 of the Burned In Teacher podcast. I'm Amber Harper, your host, and I'm so excited today to share with you how and when to say no and yes. Oof, this is a hard one. But first, before we dive in, I want to thank you so much for listening. If this podcast has brought you any value at all, please consider subscribing and leaving a review anywhere that you listen. This helps me to reach more teachers out there 
who need positive and proactive support in their lives. Lord knows we need all the help we can get, right? Also, don't don't be afraid to reach out to me. Send me a DM on Instagram if you haven't followed me already. I'm on Instagram and TikTok at Burned In Teacher. Send me a DM and let me know what you'd like to hear on the podcast or tell me something that resonated with you. Also, hey, if something specifically speaks to you in this episode, I encourage you to take a screenshot of the episode or share it out on social media and tag me at Burned In Teacher. Let's spread the word that you don't have to face your burnout and these extreme challenges in education on your own. So what I'm so excited about with today's uh, flashback episode, uh, this was episode 57, and now we are at almost 150 episodes of the Burn In Teacher podcast, and that just blows my mind. This is something that consistently, I, I have consistent conversations with teachers about, is that they they know, um, either they know or they don't know that they are just taking on too much. They've said yes way too often, and now they are just feeling so overwhelmed and so frustrated and, um, you know, almost resentful you know, of, you know, other teachers that are not taking on so much and you know resentment is in the jealousy family so when you're feeling resentment toward other teachers it's because in some form or fashion you are feeling jealousy toward what they have um, or what they don't have to deal with versus what you are dealing with so I'm going to encourage you as you listen to this episode to really lean into your feelings of overwhelm and frustration especially now you know during the summer we're now in smack dab in the middle of summer for most of us Um, we're now Um, I believe this episode is releasing on July 4th. So happy birthday, America. And now to celebrate, we can learn how to say no. Um, And in ways that maybe you don't even actually have to say the word no. Um, you You can say it in many different ways. And it looks different for everybody depending on their personality and what they're comfortable with and what they're saying no to. Um, but the first step is, of course, really thinking about what it is that you might need to say no to. You know, everything is an opportunity cost, which means every yes is a no to something else and vice versa. Every no is a yes to something else. So really coming back to those core values, your vision for what you want your life to look like and feel like is going to be so important as you listen to this episode and determine what it is that you need to say no to, possibly what you want to say yes to, and the steps that you need to take to get there. All right, my friends, without further ado, we're going to dive right into this episode. Burn on. Today, we're going to talk about something that can be kind of taboo in the education world or, you know, really in the world today. It's the idea of saying no, when and how to say no, and when and how to say yes. And hey, if you are brand new to the podcast, I do want to invite you to go back and listen to episode 56. You'll hear me talk about extending your reach and possibilities. And if you don't know what that means, it might be helpful for you to go back and do that because saying yes to the right things and saying no to the right things is the secret to being able to extend your reach and possibilities to do the things that mean the most to you and hold high priority over everything else. We cannot say yes to everything and we cannot say no to everything, but if we go into these conversations or are prepared mentally for them, we can answer with more clarity and more confidence in our own decision-making abilities. Now, we're going to jump into when and how to say yes and no, but before I do that, I want to give a listener shout out to Danielle Newfer. She said, such an inspiration. 
I just listened to your newest podcast and you've inspired me so much. Thank you so much for saying what I'm feeling right now as I'm navigating both teaching and building a teacher wellness business. You've given me permission to walk my walk and convey that to my audience. I wish you the best on your journey and do hope we can continue supporting each other. Now, Danielle, you know that we're going to continue supporting each other. She's referring to me sharing my struggle with burnout just in the last few months and my <laughs> my decision to get vulnerable and honest with all of you about my own struggles with burnout and what it is that I'm doing about it. So, Danielle, thank you so much for your very kind review and rating. And if you want to leave me a review and rating, all you have to do is go into iTunes, tap on my podcast, and then scroll down a little bit until you see the stars and the reviews. And then it just takes a second. You don't have to leave a long review, but it really does help other people to find me. So if you are willing to do that, I would love to give you a shout out on the show. Now, let's get into our discussion all about when and how to say no and when and how to say yes. Now, I dove into this idea of saying no last week in episode 56 as we were talking about how to extend your reach and possibilities. And this came up close to the end of the episode. And we did spend a little bit of time talking about alternatives to saying the actual word no if it made you uncomfortable. But I want to go into the different places in your life where you may have to really reconsider when and how you're saying no and yes. And what I've kind of uh, narrowed it down to are two categories in our lives. The first category where we really need to reevaluate what we're saying yes and no to, and I alluded to this last week while I had you kind of question yourself on how am I spending my mornings? How am I spending my time at school? And then, in, you know, our time, how is it spent after school in the afternoons and in the evenings? And how are we spending our weekends? What's a typical Saturday or a Sunday like? How are we preparing in order to allow ourselves to extend our reach and possibilities? And that is really where you have to ask yourself, you know, what do I spend my time on in my life that I really need to think about whether or not I should say yes or no to this? For example, if you're, you have an idea of something that you would really like to bring into your life or make more time for, maybe you should say yes to getting up earlier and no to staying up so late. You know, those are choices that we make and that can be changed if we decide that it's important enough to us to make those changes. When we started with begin where you are, we talked about core values and we really need to reevaluate here as we're deciding what we're going to say yes and no to according to what it is that we have the power to control in our own lives is what's not serving my core values and what's not helping me reach my goals and what is helping me to reach my goals. Now, we'll go into determining our long-term goals next month when we go into D, but for the sake of really questioning why we are doing the things that we are doing on a daily basis, such as starting with what time we go to bed and what time we get up and what we do when we first get up in the morning, um, you know, what it is that we're saying yes to. I mean, we could go even deeper into, you know, what are you listening to in your car? Now, this, of course, goes into extending your possibilities. You know, how, what are you listening to and allowing to influence you, right? So, maybe if you are really wanting to learn something new, you are finding a great podcast on it. And instead of listening to the radio, you are learning more about that thing in the commute 
to and from school. I mean, hey, if you're like I said, if you're listening to this podcast, then you're already extending your possibilities by opening your mind to other ways of thinking, feeling, and believing about your career in or out of education, right? So this has to do, this part has to do with the habits where we've created in our own life, right? The other category of our life where we need to be really reevaluating what we're saying yes and no to are our professional and personal obligations based on boundaries that we have or have not set up for other people to respect or the expectations that others have of us because of what we have said yes or haven't said yes to in the past. And I heard this saying a while ago, and I don't know who said it, and I can't remember. But the saying went, you know, if you don't respect your own boundaries, you can't expect other people to respect them as well. Which means if you are not paying attention to your schedule and what you already are obligated to do and what your responsibilities are day to day, then how do you expect other people to respect the fact that you do or do not have something going on that's already taking time away from your daily responsibilities as a teacher or your outside responsibilities as a parent or as someone who has other obligations? You know, you're involved in other things outside of school. So if you are not clear on what your schedule looks like and what, you know, how much time you're spending on things already outside or inside of school, you can't expect other people to know and or respect what it is that you already have a responsibility to. What's really ironic about today's topic is that I've had a couple of conversations in the last week or two. Um, one conversation in particular with a one-to-one client of mine and a conversation that I've had um, with a, a tribe member, a Bernard Teacher tribe member, had to do with their frustration and even a little bit of anger about how their, um, their boundaries have been crossed how they're losing sight of their balance. They used to be so balanced. They were doing so well. And now all of a sudden, everything is coming together in one fell swoop and they have no time to do anything well. And one of the one of the topics that we ended up talking about is, well, what is your vision? Let's go back to really establishing what your goals are and what your vision is. Okay, what is your plan? What plan? Do you have this in your calendar? Have you been making sure to be diligent about putting things in your calendar to know what's coming up and when things are happening and when they're due and when the big event is that you volunteered for? And the answer was no. You know, February is hard. Winter has always been the hardest season for me to stay motivated. And I don't think this is a whole lot different than most other human beings. You know, we have less sunlight. We're just tired. We just don't feel we're kind of over it, you know, a little bit in the middle of the school year. Um, But this is the part where I talked about earlier about this category of the habits that we've created for ourselves. And just because we set up really strong foundational habits and routines doesn't mean that we're going to never fall out of habit. And this is where, you know, daily discipline, daily intention, staying focused even when you don't feel like it is really important because when we start slacking a little bit on our plan and we um, aren't really living with that intention and that daily discipline, um, 
at first it's like not a big deal. Like we can catch up. But if it goes on for days and weeks where we are not following what it is, we're actually saying no to our own plan, right? Like we we have this daily schedule planned out for ourselves. Maybe you're blocking and batching and you have certain places where you're going to grade and prep and and all of those things. And maybe you've gotten a little bored or a little too comfortable within this schedule, and now you find yourself falling farther and farther behind, when you don't continue with that discipline to keep you focused on your plan, your vision is going to get blurry. You're going to forget why it is that you have made these routines and schedules for yourself so that you can have your nights and weekends off with your family or to pursue that other extension you know, of your reach. And of course, I'm talking about your daily, um, you know, for example, out the door by four, you know, you're talking about your daily plan of action to get you towards your goals, you know, depending on how many hours you want to spend at school. But this can be in your home, you know, with any routines that you've put in place for yourself, you know, getting if something that you want to do is maybe lose a little weight or just feel healthier, you know, this is what happens, you know, at the beginning of the new year, you know, with uh, new habits and new routines, right? We fall out of that discipline. So if you were for a while getting up at five in the morning to work out and now you started to get up at 5.15 and then 5.30 and now it's like, I don't really have time to get up and work out because by the time I would get up, I wouldn't. So this is kind of the same thing um, with our daily schedule at school. Maybe our um, maybe our expectations for our students, we've gotten a little lax on that. So now our systems are falling apart. My point is, is that we at some point have to start saying no to the bad habits that we've fallen into, or maybe just this little detour that we've taken away from our main vision and our main plan and our discipline and our intention. We have to tell ourselves no and say, I have to say yes to getting back on track. Or I have to say yes to something different because this is not working. So that's the part of your daily habits that I'm talking about. Let's face it, this year has been another doozy. And now that I'm back in the classroom, it has been more important than ever for me to stay focused on my core values, mindset, goals, and my habits. As a teacher in today's world, it seems like there is always something new and hard that can easily throw our lesson and or life plans off track. But when I began to burn out many years ago for the fifth time in my six year teaching career, I told myself that crying to and from work, grading, prepping and planning on nights and weekends and Sunday scaries was just part of being a good teacher. The current challenges we're facing in education today are monumental. All of these challenges make balancing teaching and your everyday life seem unmanageable. Until now, teacher burnout has been hacked. In Hacking Teacher Burnout, I share my eight-step process I designed to help myself and other teachers navigate our way out of burnout. You see, out of my rock-bottom burnout moment, I learned ways to focus on what I can control while learning ways to let go of the things that are out of my control. My book shines a light on burnout as an opportunity for growth and change, and in it, I empower you to become a burned-in teacher, a happier, more fulfilled, efficient, and effective person in the classroom and in life. In Hacking Teacher Burnout, you will learn the steps you can take to discover your burnout type. Did you know everyone has a type? Take actions that are best for you depending on your type. Move through burnout rather than fight against it. 
Make time for things that bring you growth and joy and thrive, not just survive, personally and professionally. And of course, to prepare for hardship before it hits and to conquer it when it does. And right now, you can download chapter one for free. That's right, you can start your journey out of burnout using step one of my process on the house. Go to burnedinteacher.com slash free chapter today to get your first chapter on me. And there's no better time. After the year we've had, we deserve to use what I have designed to believe, think, say, and do different things in order to see different results in our lives. Go to burnedinteacher.com slash free chapter to get your free chapter today. You won't be sorry. Burn on. Now, when it comes to those boundaries and expectations um, that are or are not being respected by others, I'm going to jump into one of my favorite books here, 13 Things Mentally Strong People Don't Do by Amy Morin. And the reason I'm jumping in here is, is because a lot of teachers that I talk to who are burned and over it, they've overextended themselves with obligations and responsibilities in addition to, of course, their daily responsibilities as a teacher because they want to please everybody. They are a self-diagnosed people pleaser. And in other research that I was just reading, it, they actually call it the disease to please. It's such a great way to put this this fact that we don't want to say no because we don't want people to be mad at us. So I pulled out some points from Amy about the signs that you are a people pleaser, okay? So check these boxes if you are saying, yep, that's definitely me, okay? You are a people pleaser if you feel responsible for how other people feel, okay? Holy cow, you guys. I am a total empath, and this is something that I have struggled with because I feel what other people feel, and if they feel anxious or upset or angry, I have trouble keeping those feelings out of my head and my heart, right? I mean, hand in the air, amen if you can feel me, right? The other uh, sign of a people pleaser is you have the thought of anyone being mad at you causes you to feel uncomfortable, You do not want people to be mad at you. Even if you think that they could be mad at you, it makes you feel uncomfortable. You are a people pleaser if you tend to be a pushover. If people can talk you into doing things that even they know you don't want to do, but they know that if they keep pushing, you will eventually give in and say yes. If you often apologize, even when you don't think you did anything wrong. Oh my gosh, this is such a Midwest thing, right? Like... (laughs) We apologize for everything, and that's such a learned behavior, and it's unnecessary. You know, I've even been telling my girls, don't apologize when you make a choice that you wanted to do something that you know we wouldn't want you to do. Don't apologize. You made the choice, so you're not sorry, you know? So, but that can also be, if you're saying no to something, don't apologize. And I think this actually goes against what I've said in the past, even in my ebook where I said, instead of saying no, you could say, I'm sorry, I'm not able to do that right now. You don't even really need to apologize. They're asking you, and if you say no, they will find somebody else to do it or they'll do it themselves if it's that important, right? You're also a people pleaser if you tend to say yes when people ask you for favors, even if you don't really want to do something. Now, obviously, we are adults. We have to do things we don't want to do, 
sometimes. But if you have a legitimate reason for not wanting to do something and you really do want to say no, but you say yes because you don't want to let people down and you don't want to make them mad, you're saying yes for the wrong reason, my friend. You seek praise and approval from people in your life often. I am definitely guilty of this. I really seek affirmation and approval from people. And I really think that that's what especially a lot of us burned and unbalanced teachers. If you are feeling like you're never enough, you always have to do more and be more. It's because you want that gold star. You know what you have to do. And especially, my goodness, if you are comparing yourself to Instagram and you are really wanting to make sure that you are doing what you're seeing on Instagram and having to be and look like and do the things that they are doing, you are definitely seeking praise and approval from people in your life who maybe don't even know you, okay? Um, if you, um, you would never want anyone to think you are selfish. This belief is so ingrained in us, in some of us, that if we say no, we're being selfish, and that is a lie, That is a lie. You are not being selfish. You're actually showing yourself self-love. You want to talk about the ultimate self-care? Say no. And again, it doesn't have to be rude or in a negative way. You just say, no, I cannot commit to that right now. But thank you for asking and considering me. You are showing yourself so much love. And you are becoming such a strong believer in your own boundaries by saying no. So... I love that one. I think that's my favorite. And the last one is, you are a people pleaser if you often feel overscheduled and overburdened by all of the things you have to do, especially if it has to do with things that other people could do, but they've asked you to do instead, and somebody else could really do it. You know, again, I said this, I think, last week in last week's episode that Amy Morin also says, we're not that important. Other people can do it. If it's super important that it gets done, if you cannot do it or do not have the time, they will find somebody else. And if they don't find somebody else and it doesn't get done, it must not have been that important in the first place. So are you? Are you a people pleaser? I know that I definitely have people pleasing qualities. And it's something that I continue to wrestle with. But it is something that we do have control over. We do have the power to choose to say no. And it's okay. Dana Thomas was on the Burn and Teacher podcast this past summer. And she said something so profound. She said, Amber, the day that I started setting boundaries and respecting my own boundaries and started saying no, she said, the people that disrespected my boundaries the most were the only people who were mad at me. They were the people that took me for granted and took advantage of me, always saying yes. And this goes along with me, you know, my husband and I, Jeff, the things that we say to our daughters, if if your friends get mad at you for making a decision that you know is the best for you, if they get mad at you, they're not your real friend. And I think it just comes down to that, is that we have to stop taking our relationships, some of our relationships so personally. We need to look at them as a professional relationship and the fact that, you know, it's not really up to you to decide how they feel. That's their choice, okay? So here's what I want to move into next. Now that we have the two categories, your own habits and what you need to say yes and no to yourself about and not what you're choosing to do and spend your time on versus 
those boundaries that you have or have not set up for other people to ask you and to be able to say no to or yes to, okay? Here's how you can decide whether or not to say yes to something. And I have heard this in so many different spaces and I'm so excited to share this with you today. When you are asked to do something, okay, first of all, you don't have to say yes or no right away. If you are truly unsure and that question, that favor or that obligation, if you you are asked to do something and it doesn't automatically make you feel expansive, like, oh my gosh, yes, I'm so excited to be asked this. Yes, yes, yes. If it's something that makes you feel unsure or it's an automatic no in your head, but you really do want to give it some consideration, ask for the time. You know, be respectful of other people's time. And, you know, if you, if you want to tell them that they need to go ask somebody else, go for it. But you can say, you know, can I have a night or two to think about this? I have done that so much lately. And it not only helps me to feel like, number one, I have the power over my own time and my own choices, but it also helps me to make sure that I'm making the best decision for them. Because if I'm not going to be able to commit myself to this thing that they're asking me to do or be a part of, then I'm doing them a disservice. So by taking a step back and saying, you know, I need a night or two to think about this and I'll get back to you. Or would you please email me again in a day or two? And if they don't email me back, then maybe they moved on already right? Or I have now allowed myself that time and space to make a sound, solid decision. So that's the number one thing about deciding if you're going to say yes to something is give yourself some time if you want it, okay? And if it's an automatic in your head, holy cow, I know all of the details of what they're asking me to do, yes. Then go ahead and say yes and be good with it. But here's the next thing I want to I wanna encourage you to think about. When you've allowed yourself the time, if it's not something that it's an automatic heck yes, and you've given yourself time a night or two or even a few hours, sit down, close your eyes, say out loud or in your head this thing that you're being asked to do, and pay attention to how your body reacts. When you say yes to this thing, does it make you feel expansive or does it make you feel contracted? If you say yes to this thing, does it make you feel like, this is exciting, or I know I have I have time to do this, and I know that I'm probably the best person for this, and I have the time. Or are you feeling kind of like your, your shoulders hunch over, and you feel like, oh my gosh, how am I possibly going to add this to my list of to-dos? I cannot even think in my calendar of where I would put the time to do this. And not just do it, but do it well, okay? Pay attention to how your body reacts, all right? Now, here's another thing. Sometimes saying yes to something, even if you are wondering if you have time to do it, if it allows you advancement or a a place or time or the opportunity to learn or to grow, or it fills you with excitement, there could be a reason there to say yes, even though it's going to be hard to fit it in your schedule, which means you have some opportunity cost here. If this is something that expands you, that you feel is going to give you an opportunity for advancement that you actually want, and you're going to learn and grow from this in so many ways that you otherwise would not have the opportunity to to do or to grow, then say yes. But know in your head, and this would be a great opportunity for you to say, can I have a night to think about this? 
Because then you can go into your schedule and you can say, okay, if I say yes to this thing that I would love to say yes to, what am I going to have to say no to at least for a little while so that I can do this incredible opportunity or be part of this really awesome thing? Opportunity costs. We've talked about that here before. If you're going to say yes to something, you have to say no to something else sometimes. Now, here's something else that we need to tackle. And that is when you start saying yes to things that make you expansive or you start to say no to things that are making you feel contracted or no to things that you have typically in the past said yes to, you may find yourself contending with some naysayers, some people that say to you, kind of like what I said about what Dana alluded to, those people who are used to you saying yes, even though you know you shouldn't, you should say no, they're going, you may have some backlash from some people, like you've always volunteered for this, or you're so good at this. You know, being good at something doesn't mean that you have to do it. Okay, here is your permission slip to say no to things you're good at just because you don't want to do it. Okay, but you are you're you're going to have people who have maybe intentionally or unintentionally crossed your time boundaries. They're going to wonder what the heck is going on. And here's the good news here. You don't have to explain yourself. You can simply say, "I, I can't. Thank you so much for considering me, but I have to say no this time. All right? you can, And you can leave it at that. You don't owe them any explanation. And I don't know about you, but even saying that out loud, you don't owe them any explanation. That gives you so much power. That That makes me feel expansive to know that I have the power of choice. And you know, I've said this before. We are not superheroes. We cannot do it all. And we should not be expected to do it all. But we do have one superpower, and that is the power of choice. So you can choose to say yes or no to anything you want. But you are going to have consequences for those choices. And oh my goodness, think of the consequences to saying no. And all of the possibilities that you have because you said no. Think of all the things that you can say yes to now, whether it be sleeping in in, on a Saturday morning or spending time at the park or at the library or just watching some Netflix with the kiddos at home, doing nothing. That is when you know you have taken your power back. And I promise you, the more you say no in whatever you choose is the best way for you, the easier it will become. Now, one last thing. We've really been focusing, or I've rather been focusing on saying no when it comes to your time. But I know that that's not the only part of this scarcity puzzle that we sometimes are trying to put together, okay? And this is for another episode when we talk about our beliefs and thoughts and feelings about scarcity, how there's not enough of anything. But I also want to really quickly, before we take off for today, get you to also apply what you've learned and what you've sort of um, discovered about saying no to how you spend your money when it comes to your classroom and your school. You do not have to become a martyr of your money, just like you don't have to become a martyr of your time. 
And what I'm going, going to ask you to consider today before you go into your week or where, whenever you're listening to this episode is when you believe or think or feel like you have to spend your own money that you will not be reimbursed for, for your own classroom, for your own students, if it does not expand you and get you excited, then you have to tell yourself no. And really, you don't have to, but consider this your permission to tell yourself, no, I don't have to spend money on those markers. I don't have to spend my own money on this craft or this project or these materials to create my own whiteboards. I can ask my school. I can do without. I have a choice. You are not responsible for your classroom materials unless you choose to. Again, this goes back to when you're considering whether or not to spend your time or your money or your own resources on your career, on your job. You have a choice and you can sit in it for a second like I alluded to earlier and you can say, I'm going to spend my money on this. I'm going to spend $20 or, my goodness, $75 on this thing. How does that make me feel? So as we take off today, I want you to consider these questions whenever you are struggling to decide how to spend your time or your money or your thought or your resources. When you have a choice to say yes or no, here are some questions that I want you to consider. Is this something that I care about? Does it match my values or does it go against my values, my core values that I decided on? Does this fit my personality or my teaching style and my values? Is this how I want to spend my day or my time or my Saturday morning or my Thursday evenings? And if the answer is no, it's okay to say no. If you want to say yes, then say yes. Will this light me up and want me to keep going on with this thing or is this going to make me feel like you're stuck? And finally, is this something that I truly need in my life right now? When considering your obligations outside of school, is this something that's going to conflict and add more pressure or is it something that's going to excite you and give you an opportunity that you may not have any other time? Because it depends on your own values, your own vision, your own outlook for what you want in your career. I would love your thoughts and opinions about this topic of saying yes and no. I would love to hear specific situations that you found yourself in where you have empowered yourself to say yes or no, where you have finally believed that you have a choice because you do. So don't forget to jump into our Burned In Teacher Facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash Burned In Teacher. So extending your reach and possibilities means you have to say no so you can say yes. And in some cases even, yes so you can say no. Take a deep breath because you just took another step to becoming a Burned In Teacher. Burn on everybody. If you enjoyed today's podcast episode, you can head over to burnedinteacher.com where you can access the entire vault of Burned In Teacher podcast episodes and more information about ways I want to help you go from burned out teacher to burned in human. 
If you enjoyed today's episode, I would be so grateful if you would head over to iTunes and leave a review and a rating about the Burned In Teacher Podcast. Until next time, take a deep breath because you just took another step to becoming a Burned In Teacher. Burn on.